You're on 94.1 FM with Mike O'Connell and... Cass Molly on the Good Earth. On the Good Earth. Well, it is the Good Earth and we're pre-recorded. It's actually last Thursday. It is. Yep. And just a gorgeous day. Absolutely gorgeous day and, and hopefully... Beautiful you know, Melbourne day. Beautiful Melbourne autumn. Perfect, perfect autumum day. That's what hmm. it is. Um, and uh, we're, I'm here talking to Kath, obviously, and we're, we're not in the studio because we're, uh, we're both uh, getting prepared to do some Eastery things, although um, uh, my Eastery things will start on Saturday afternoon, and I'm looking forward to that. But um, and Kath, you're away. I'm heading off to um, Port Campbell to oh. go camping. Oh, lucky so you. And, and perfect weather Hopefully for I'll it. be up bush with no um, mobile coverage. <laughs> no nothing. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> no perfect. internet. That's not, we, that's not what we want our listeners to be like, but. Yeah, it's good to no, get away sometimes. No, yeah. but it's nice to have um, a break. As much as I love Melbourne, it's lovely to get away for a it little is, bit. It is. It is. It is. It sounds like you're packing now. In fact, I uh, will be packing very shortly. As yeah. soon as um, we're um, finished, I'll be. I'll be madly. It's a huge job to go camping, you know. Oh yeah. It's, um, um, I think I hit the road at eight thirty this morning. Went and did a site check for a job that we're doing that was local, uh, and then I've been up. For, well, I started at the bottom of Sydney Road, recycled some stuff at the op shop, went and bought stuff in bulk, which is really good. Mm-hmm. I'm liking buying things in bulk. That's really nice. Um, and made my way up to the top of Sydney Road and then came home and thought, oh, now I've got to cook, now I've got to pack. <laughs> Sandwiches. It's exhausting. No, it's, it's exhausting. Sandwiches. That's what, that's what the camp, oh, pre-camping no. cooking's called. Sandwiches. Or... Look no, after yourselves. Camping's all about the food and the drink, so you know. Oh, you're cooking for the camp, are you? Oh, okay. Oh well, no, no, no. Well, not well. I've got a couple of things that I've had to pre-prepare and uh, um, and then put in the freezer. So you know, there, there's a huge strategy that goes into camping over Easter. Yeah, yeah. Because so, you've got to start with. Well, you have to have fish on Good Friday. Whether it's religious or not, regardless, is irrelevant to us. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mate, it's always, it's always fish and chips on a Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's got to be fish. Yep. Um, and then barbecue on Saturday night because it's camping and it's a barbie. And then Excellent. you've got to have a lamb roast on the, su- on the Sunday, you know? You're having a lamb roast <laughs> while you're camping. Absolutely. Wow, that's pretty flash camping. Yeah. Well, it's the conversion of the 44, not the 44 gallon drum, it's um, I don't know. Um, it was a beer drum of some sort, oh, some sort keg. of keg. Yeah, a keg. keg. Yeah, usually um, about 60 litres. Yeah, converted into a spit roast and the lamb's going into that. Awesome. And then the chicken curry, this is my menu for the weekend. Wow. And chicken <laughs> and then curry. The chicken curry that's um, just uh, cooling off on the stove now will go into the freezer. And so the theory is that you freeze it and by the time you defrost it on the Sunday, it'll be okay. It's ready to go. You, you, to go. You, eat, you eat better on camping than I do normally. Well, you know, it's all about the food. Wow. Absolutely. I suppose. Yeah, I guess. I guess. You know what happens? We've been camping with these people for probably 20 years. Right. Um, all children, you know, um, when they were little, who were now all young adults. Yeah. And one year we um, had a neighbour come along who is Greek, and his mother prepared the um, the lamb for the Sunday. Oh, yum! And since then we just can't go back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not that my lamb roast is going to um, go anywhere near Nonna's, but um, yeah, it's all about the food and the and the company and the drink. Got a go. nice steep walk down to the beach, so that'll be lovely. All right, so as we speak, you're sitting around on a camping site somewhere, swanning around just waiting for that dinner to be ready, eh? 
Well, yeah, except it's only Saturday morning, so I'll be thinking about will I have another cup of coffee or will I have a hot cross bun or will I wander down to the beach? Or will you have a red wine in advance? Well, not before midday. No, although you'll, well, you'll have an hour, <laughs> an hour or so. That's a bit of a red. It's after midday somewhere in the world, isn't it? It is, yes. Isn't, don't they say that up in Darwin? It's, um, it's after midday somewhere in the world. Always after midday somewhere in the world. So, exactly. Yeah. Hey, I've got an awful lot of mulch um, that needs doing. What needs doing? We've got an awful lot of mulch. Well, I've got four bales of lucerne hay because I um, translated the order wrong to the bulk supply place. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and the small patch has four bales of lucerne. <laughs> lucerne, is it? Oh, terribly, terribly posh, lucerne. Yeah. So oh, this is a good segue into the small patch. What, what, so what's happening in the small patch? Nothing before you go away, obviously. Well, I, I have harvested everything. I've stripped all the beds. Okay. Uh, it looked very sad, but now it's all got a good layer of reserve mulch on it. <laughs> and uh, and the one bed that was going to have broadbeans in it has actually got four ba- um, three bales sitting decoratively, decoratively um, posed on the top of the bed. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, except because it's been so wet, um, you walk in the front gate and it all smells a bit damp. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I might have some lucerne to um, um, share if you want it. So. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> then, yeah. Oh, I reckon I could use. It goes I don't know. an awfully long way. <laughs> it, it does. I reckon I could use probably I don't know, thirty or forty bales in my place. Yeah. Well, I, I pulled one bale apart and I mulched the the two um, central raised beds, and I mulched a separate area where I've just put some peas in and. And put some broccoli and collie in. I thought, oh, the lucerne's fairly loose. Loose, the seedlings will come up through that. You hope. And then yep. I, had, yeah, that was last weekend. And then I had a look just before, and they're smothered. <laughs> of course they are. Yep. Yeah, the birds get into it and toss it around a bit. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's um, lucerne coming out of um, everywhere at the moment. So yeah, so that's a small patch we've been overtaken. It'll it'll rot down, okay. Yeah, it, will. It, won't be, it won't be too long before we're sitting around talking about it, going. What happened to all that? What happened to all that mulch? Didn't you mulch it just not that long ago? And you go, oh yeah, it's all rotted into the ground now. Well, I'm actually thinking because when you first buy it, it's um quite dry, but mm. because it's been sitting around stacked stacked in my little garden, mm. and it's we've had so much rain, it's kind of all gone very wet. And I'm thinking, oh, could probably spread it around quite easily. Well, mm. not easily. It's actually time consuming. So yeah, that's the only problem yeah. with it. It is very time-consuming, and you don't want to smother stuff, so, yeah. So you got all your broad beans and everything in last week? No, no, I just no, I heated. I just got some peas from the oh, okay. um, um, seedlings and popped those in. Um, right. So they've gone in. Um, on the side fence that gets all the north light, that nothing grows because of the potostrums that are across are over the other side of the fence, so... Why I'm trying again, I don't know, but I am. It's so. just what, because the roots are just sucking all the life out of the soil, or? I think so. So I have gone very, I did go very heavy handed with the lucerne there and thinking, well, that, <laughs> nothing can, <laughs> nothing will hurt. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, the other option you've got, I suppose, is just build up some raised, raised beds and have done oh, with it. Oh, I've tried everything on that fence line. I've tried to espel your, um, citrus. No, I mean, citrus. I mean, like in a, in a, like a, a lot, construct like a big long tub. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, funny you should say so it's that. Contain- so growing containers there. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's all too hard. <laughs> oh really? Okay. I thought you, I thought you had this bloke that could actually build stuff for you. 
Yeah, I do. He's actually, he has actually built me a raised bed to, because I, um, as a, anyone who listens regularly would know that I cannot grow citrus. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not capable of growing citrus. So one, my final last ditch to attempt, because I have to have this community citrus tree, lemon tree to um, take over from where we're going to get development very shortly. Yep, yep. So anyway, Brian has, um, sorry, the, the welder, yep. has uh, uh, constructed another raised metal bed and I've transplanted the lemon into it and so far, so good. Mm-hmm. No new growth on it, but it's only been in two weeks, so <laughs> we probably need to be patient. So. Yep. Mm. Oh, so, so things are happening. Oh, things are happening. Um, I've cleared some space for the apple tree to be transplanted. So the apple tree is going um, into the northeast corner where it won't matter if it shades a little bit, mm-hmm. which will make room for an avocado, which will go in where we don't actually want too much. Where, where, yeah, sorry, the avocado is going to go in where it's actually going to protect us from the development that's going to happen across the road. Right, okay. Yeah. My two avocados finally died. Did they? Yeah. I tra- I put them back in a pot and tried to look after them, but it didn't work. I actually found one in – where did I find one? Oh, I was harvesting um, – I was clearing out the raised beds uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and I found an avocado seed, nut, like an avocado nut, that um, had gotten to about a foot high and I thought, oh, I'll just whack it in the front, see if, you know, see if that yep. works. Oh, That's cool. still high. <laughs> I don't know how long for, but hmm. – and the other epiphany I've had this week is no more eggshells or avocado nuts into the worm farm. Oh, really? Yeah, because they take too long. Everything else is broken down. Yeah. And ready to move on and become not One with the soil, yep. One with the soil. And the eggs and the avocados are just hanging around. Do you crunch your eggs up when you put it before you put them in there? Oh, no, it's not too no. much effort in my garden no. anywhere. <laughs> no, 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 but I mean, what I do with my, with my eggs when I'm using them, when I actually crack the eggs in there, I, I crunch, I crunch up the, yep. the shells before okay. I drop them in the compost bin. Okay. And that helps. That helps. That would help, yes. Mm. And depending on how many eggs you're doing, um, on a worm farm, maybe not, uh, but in a compost bin, look, they don't necessarily break down too much, but when you spread the compost around, you get these little tiny bits of eggshell everywhere, but who cares? And that doesn't really matter. No. no. It's just no. more cal- calcium into the soil. Yeah. Yeah, so it just... raises the pH a little. Like mm. raises. Yeah, makes it more alkaline. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. And the other thing I've done is um, harvested apples and made apple chutney and stewed apples for brekkie. Nice. That was good. I've, uh, I've that was har- good fun. Yeah. That was last Sunday in the pouring rain. I was doing a similar thing, except I haven't actually cooked them yet. Oh. Yeah. Well, these have been harvested a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And they were sitting around on the bench looking like something that needed to be dealt with. Yep. And then last Sunday it was all that rain and it was kind of one of those lazy days and put a, I'll cook. Yeah. So chutney we had. Chutney, love chutney. Mm. Yum, love chutney. I hadn't done it before. So. Have you? Oh, okay. No, I've made chutney once or twice. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's easy. In some ways it's a lot easier than jam and, and a bit more foolproof because the vinegar and everything preserves it well anyway. <laughs> I went to Great Lakes to get my um, vinegar yeah. um, <laughs> and put all the seeds and stuff and all the things that I had to go in it to give it flavour. Yep. And then I strained it. <laughs> and um, so I strained the seeds and stuff out of it. Where do you think the vinegar went? Oh, really? <laughs> yes, it did. Oh, dear. Straight down the sink. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's quite funny. Did you did so, you did you have a good giggle at yourself, or did you stomp around and get really angry? No, I kind of laughed, and I might have said something. Oh, and, you didn't, um, did you? 
The welder oh. looked at me and said, what's wrong? I said, I've just pulled the vinegar to the sink. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Oopsies. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's a small patch. Oh, there you go. Pretty much the sum total of what's happening in um, the little small patch in Coburg. Fair enough, fair enough then. I reckon we might have a break and um, go back to me live and then come back to me recorded. How do you think that's going to go? Oh, that'll just confuse everybody, Mark. Excellent. Let's <laughs> do it then. You're on 94.1 okay. FM, 3WBC with Mike O'Connell and... Yes, fully on the go. And we're going to be back in our pre-recorded glory in a few minutes. See you soon. And yes, we're back pre-recorded live. No, live pre-recorded. No, I don't know. It's, it's last Thursday. I have no idea what's going on. How are you, Kath? I'm good. Yeah, that's good. So. It's like a virtual loop that you uh, it, keep. It, it is. It's just like <laughs> the weirdest thing. Anyway. And I'm sure if we're it confused, is. imagine how the listeners feel. Well, sorry listeners. You know, you know it's <laughs> going to be the weirdest thing. Oh, you might not be able to do it because you'll be incommunicado, but I'll probably sit there and listen to bits. Oh, I'll have to listen to bits of the show because I'll be sitting in the studio. Hi, me. That's going to be weird. Just sitting there listening to us talk and yes. sort of going, hmm. And then I'll be going, hmm, no, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, gee, I could have done that better. Oh, really? Is that what I sound like on the radio? Hmm. Is, is that what my voice is like from this angle? Hmm. Oh, well, never mind. That sounds like me when people come and have a look at my garden. They go, oh, it looks nice. And I say, oh, I can only eat to see the faults in it. Yeah. Or, and then you go, yeah, you're saying that now, but you'll go home and say something different, won't you? No, they won't. People yeah. who garden are nice people. No, mostly. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. for you. Mm. Spe- What's happening of, in the big patch? Oh, the big patches. It's all. It's all systems go at the moment with this beautiful Seven. weather. Ah, oh, well, I've been. I, I've finally got my. Um, I've finally got around to um, getting stuff for the chickens because I've got mites and stuff at the moment. So. Oh. Um, I had to. How do you some, deal with that? A uh, couple of different ways. Just some. Just some uh, uh, relatively non-toxic uh, insecticides. So there's a permethrin. Dust that you can get, uh, which is oh, yeah. which is not pyrethrum, it's permethrum or permethrum. I'm not sure. Okay. And I thought it was pyrethrum at first, so I've got a bottle of pyrethrum there that I can't use now. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you can so use all other stuff. yeah. And funnily enough, if you can't get uh, one of the things they use is, is a, it's actually a, a brand name thing called Pestine. I think it's Pestine. Anyway, if you can't get hold of it, someone suggested just use tomato dust. I went, really? Okay. Because it's got the Isn't same... is that fungal? Yeah, well, it's antifungal and mites and um, and other things, and it's the mites that you want, and it's got the same stuff in it that the that the uh, the flea powder's got in it, which is okay. which is the permethrin, right? Um, and so it's, and it's got a bit of sulfur in there as well, and the nice thing mm-hmm. is, even though you can't officially do it, apparently it's... People have said it's okay to put on put on, onto the chicken so they dust themselves with it and actually kill all the mites. And then nice. you dust, then you dust the whole inside of the coop, and then you you rotate it with some other with some, with another chemical as well at some other stage if they're really bad. Normally I don't worry about it, but I've got this massive infestation at the moment, so I've, I think I've knocked it off. How does anyway. how do mites um, uh, present themselves? How do you well, know there's two, there's, a there's two different there's two different kinds of mites. There's the ones that sort of like lice that live on the yeah. body. And then there's okay. these other ones which are these red mites, and they're the ones that we've got, and 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 they're horrible critters because they get on your skin. And they can't live on you, but they'll have a they'll have a bit of a nibble, and so you'll come up with things that look a bit like mosquito bites or like scabies. 
Oh. For a couple of days after you visited the chicken coop, and and it took mm-hmm. me, it took me about a week to figure out what was going on because I thought I had mosquitoes or oh. something getting to me. Okay, but it was like on, around the armpits or around, around my waistband and stuff like that. And of course, yeah, I, yeah, I got them, <laughs> I, bought, I brought them inside of my hands, didn't I? Yeah, and I, oh, yeah, wasn't, yeah. So okay. it's, so what I what I've been doing is I've been um, applying um, um, insect repellent all over my arms and stuff before I go in to actually get the eggs and stuff. Um, okay. But, but now I've actually put the, the I've dusted it, everything and I've dusted the mm. chooks and I'll go in there with that pyrethrum spray and I'll spray the inside of the coop as well, just a contact killer, and that'll hopefully knock them off. But I'll have to continue that for a couple of weeks just to make sure that they're gone. It's usually brought in on the brought in by wild birds and stuff like that. So the, the red mites are particularly irksome. But the nice thing about the about the dust and everything is that it gets into it actually helps control scaly leg mite and a few other things. The other thing I bought was um, diatonomous earth. Diatonomous, I think is how you say it. Um, it's often called DE, and it's uh, like a silica. Sounds fancy. Yeah, it's it's like a silica thing. It's made from the crushed up shells of fossils of you know sea fossils. You know, um, oh, yeah, and sea so, fossils. Well, no, just all fossils from yes. So so uh, freshwater or saltwater. Uh, fo- no, not saltwater, but freshwater fossils and everything. Um, like okay. like shells from sea snails and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And because it's got, it's called it's silica, it's sharp, sharp edges. And so the theory is, you, they, you put that in with the food, you put that in with, um, with their dusting area, and when they dust themselves with, with it, the sharp edges scratch and attack the insects, and so it actually helps kill them a bit faster. So we'll see if that works as well. So that's been a bit of fun researching all of that and trying to figure mm. out what's going on. Because I've, yeah, you know, in the past I've had occasional problems with mites or lice, and you, know, you usually wipe some oil on the, on the, on their legs. Keep some oil on their legs for a week or two, and that kills the, the leg mites, the scaly leg mites. And then, uh, but these red mites, they don't actually live on the chickens; they live in the coop and live in the nesting area and stuff. And they're a bit of a pain, literally a pain. Um, bit of a nuisance. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they and they and they drive the chooks nuts. And and if you get a really really bad severe infestation, they can actually make the chooks anemic and even kill them. Oh, okay. Ready, ready mites don't like them. Yeah. So anyway, that's mm. so that's that's been one fascinating thing that I've been doing. Um, okay. Got, got what another, else? Another garden bed ready for um, putting in the broad beans, a bit like you, I was setting up the broad beans and a few other things. Um, so I was going to do them last week, but I'll probably do them this week. And I'm in the middle of pruning. Boy, am I pruning! I am pruning. pruning. What are you pruning? Just about anything that doesn't move. Anything that doesn't okay. fight back. I've been pruning. I've been getting out the front and pruning some stuff that I needed to. I've got, cause it's not going to all have new growth. It's going to burn on in frost, is it? Um, no, it shouldn't be. It should be okay. No, okay. Um, all right. They're, they're large established trees. Now, the main reason I'm pruning them is because uh, the tree loppers came in courtesy of the owners of the high-tension power lines that I live next to. Oh, okay. We're on an easement, and so the easement mm. says you're not allowed to have trees more than three metres high in the easement section, which is the second half of the backyard, and that's where all my fruit trees are. Mm. So the guys came around and said, look, that's got to come down, that's got to come down, that's got to come down. Uh, and I said, well, you're not touching the fruit trees because last time another team that came in to touch the fruit trees said they knew what they were doing, just hacked them. And the apple hey. tree took three years to recover. Yeah. Uh, so I was not happy. Well, one of the apple trees anyway. So uh, I had a chat to him and they were supposed to be back today actually, um, get it, taking down big Malaluka and a few other things, or one thing in particular. Mm. And they said, I said, well, look, I'm going to do the pruning of the... The, um, all the fruit trees, cause I, cause I've got olives and everything that are just about ready to pick. And he goes, well, if you want, if you want to take care of that, then my guys will chuck it in the mulcher for you if you want. I went, okay. 
So they'll, Sounds good. So I thought, oh, well, I'd better get out there and actually cut it all down. So yesterday and today I've been pruning like like a, a mad thing mm-hmm. um, and taking advantage of getting some bigger branches down that I normally wouldn't take care of with my tiny little pruner, uh, my mulcher, and they haven't turned up. So I don't know what's happening oh. with them. But that's okay. It's, they'll, they'll contact me next week oh. probably and next Friday I'll... I'll do it instead. But that's been good. So it's actually been um been a deadline that I that I cooked, that I really wanted to make. Always good to have a deadline. <laughs> oh yeah. And so but the thing is, is I've got I've got three three olive trees and I've had one of the olive trees in the first one I planted has been in for a long time and it's the first time it's really produced second time it's really produced a really good bunch of olives. And last time I think the birds got most of them because I wasn't ready for it. This time just with the prunings that I'm doing off the tree so I'm knocking it down from about 3 meters down to 2 meters. Mm-hmm. Enough chance to grow. I haven't finished yet, and I've already got about five kilos of orange of olives, fresh olives. Now I've got to process them. That's going to be fun as well. And I'm sort of I looked at them, I checked them out, and they're really tiny olives. So I think I got diddled when I first bought this tree. I think, oh yeah, mate, oh. it's a really good olive tree. Yeah, no, I don't think it was. But anyway, mm. I've got another the other one of the other two of the other olive trees, are nice big big olives, um, and so that they're going to be good. And they're they've just started producing this year. I don't know if it's worthwhile trying to preserve them, what I might have a go at is, I don't know, crush them up in something, you know, put them inside a pillowcase and beat the living daylights out of them with a hammer. Um, and so can extract <laughs> that's really violent. Oh, well, that's what you do with them. If you haven't got a press, that's what they do. So they, in a, um, in a in pillowcase. A pillowcase. Or, yeah, you usually press them in a pillowcase or a calico bag and that's yeah. squeezed and all the moisture comes out and leaves all the pulp behind. Okay. So, if so you where's got, the oil go? The oil comes through the pillowcase into a container. Under the, so you basically okay. you, you smack you smack it smack it with a hammer or with a big piece of wood or something like that and break up all of the olives and yep. then you leave it you leave it in a bucket hanging above a bucket and all the juice comes out. Okay. And oil separates and goes to the top. Now I'm a, I have no idea how much oil I'm going to get off these things. I have no mm-hmm. idea whether or not how much I'm going to be able to beat the living tar out of them um, mm. to get the oil. So it'll, we'll see. I'll just have to imagine it's somebody I don't like. Yeah, okay. Well, I was um, whacking my boots together the other night, getting rid of the two inches of mud on them from being on a wet site. Yep. And, um, yeah, I was thinking about um, a certain dog. (laughs) (laughs) Come here, you little mongrel. (laughs) Well, he barks outside my window when I'm trying to sleep and I'm looking (laughs) as I'm whacking the dirt off my boots. Yes, I get that. You should set up a... um, you should set up a citronella spray or something over the fence. Just perch it on the fence, and every time he comes around and starts barking, spray. Yes. <laughs> mm. Or lion. Why weight. citronella? Oh, or lemon juice or anything like that. Okay. It's not poisonous or anything. It just stings like crazy and sort of puts them off. Oh, I wonder if I could projectile to over two houses. <laughs> oh, is that how far away the dog is? No, there's two oh. dogs. Ah, oh, two one, dogs. One actually knows how to bark um, and does it quite regularly right. uh, outside our window. And uh, the other one, barking is a loose term. Right. I'm not quite sure what it does, but it makes one hell of a racket. But anyway, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, that's an idea for you. <laughs> the joys of close inner city living. Yeah. Well, you could mm. always, you could always um, give it a nice piece of steak with some Prozac in it or something. <laughs> Not that I'm condoning. Not, not that I'm condoning. <laughs> not, not that I'm con- oh, well either. But not that I'm condoning anything like that. It's, it's meant as a joke. No, and no, don't tr- we are, no. It is yeah, a joke. Don't we try this at home, kids. Anything kiddies. that would hurt animals. And, no. Um, thinking about your Except olives, snails. I'm thinking about how many delis I've got so close to me with olives and pillowcases and 
and harvesting olive juice, that sort of work. It is actually. It's quite a bit of work. Yeah. So, but I had to prune the trees anyway, and I've got okay. at least at least four to five times as many olives left on the tree, at least, because all I've been okay. doing is pruning the top, and it's just like crazy stupid how many olives there are on it. And you don't realise until you start picking them off, and you go, no. Mm, that's a lot, that's a lot of olives. And when I do, and I'm only on the first tree. The second tree has got hardly any olives on it, but the next tree, which also has, has about a third of it taken down, it's got massive of olives, but they're all green. The, the other ones, they're already going black, but this one's still green, but they're big olives. So this one I might actually selectively harvest all the big ones and actually try and preserve those. So I'll have some green olives hopefully in a couple of weeks. Sounds which would be good. nice. Oh, it sounds wonderful. And all the other stuff, quinces, I've pulled in quinces, I'm pulled in, yeah. pulled in apples. Granny Smith's hey, called delicious. Client who's got parent cherry slug on their quince tree. Yeah. How weird is that? Yeah. No, that's not weird. That happens all the time. Isn't it? Yeah. So uh, I was called parent cherry slug. <laughs> uh, well, well, quinces are in the same family, I think. That's why. Are they? Oh. Yeah. So yeah, it's actually quite. It's actually quite common to get get them on quinces as well. Sometimes you'll get them on apples, but not very often. Yeah. They usually they usually hit chair uh, chair and perry. Pear, cherry, quince, and there's two or three others that they that they hit on as well. I didn't get many uh, this year. I don't know whether it's because of the chooks or whether it's something else. And that was the other thing I was supposed to do today, pick up another four chooks, but that might have to wait till Saturday. You're right. It's in the rosacea family. I didn't know that. There's my lesson for the day. Well, there you go. I knew it was in the same family. I, just family. I just didn't know what family it was. No, um, yeah, roses, apples, um, oh, yeah. cherries, pears, yeah, they're all rose. Family. Oh yeah, cool. Rosacea. Rosacea. There mm. you go. There you go. Um, yeah. And uh, what else? What else has been doing? Oh, just you know, general cleanups and bits and pieces. And also, um, uh, just I'm going to put in. You know, got some spring onions to put in a few other things because they can put them in any time of the year. Mm. I'll clean up some of the pots. I've moved a few pots around uh, to give myself a bit more room around near the near the side of the house. And um, but I've, and I've got all those fruit trees, but they might wait until. Um, Wait until it gets a bit cooler. I'll just put them in over winter or something. I think because they're all in pots, they're okay. I've got to move move some of the ones that won't um, die back in winter. I've got to move them back under the covers before winter slash very early spring comes. So I don't mm. get frost. So yeah, I've got a bit more work in front mm. of me. It's crazy. Yeah, I've got a bit of work in front of you. Crazy stupid. That's that's the trouble with having a big backyard. Mm. See, I would look at your big backyard and I go, oh, that's just all too hard. Let's go and see a movie. Yeah, well, I do that. That's, that's the problem. And then, and then it gets out of control and I have to do something. But what I've been able to, the other thing what I've been starting to do is go, okay, let's forget about all of that backyard. Let's just focus on this little area here, right? Yes, you do now need to break it up into yeah, bits. Into bite-sized chunks. Bite-sized chunks that you yeah. can deal with. Yeah, because that's that thing about, you know, how do you, how do you need an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Something for all our VCE um, student listeners to, yeah, to take into um, exactly as they're right. um, uh, progressing through their journey at VCE. Yep. As I've in... told my children, one one bite at a time. Exactly. <laughs> Make a list. Yep, and then just mm. tick them off one a bit. One. Don't get overwhelmed. Yep. Yeah. Keep the keep the goal. Keep the end goal in mind, but give yourself little tiny subtasks to do that, yes. you, that you can tick off. You know, the funny thing is that when I start getting stressed and busy, I, I'm so busy making lists that I don't actually get any Well, that's time. the other danger, isn't it? <laughs> and that can happen, yeah. So you spend all your time planning and no doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes, yep. yes, yes. So, yeah, that's, that's what's happening. So <laughs> that's the rest, the, pitch. the rest of the weekend we'll be doing stuff like that, I guess. Apart from, I know, I'm, going, I'm sort of ducking down, not going away, but just ducking out seeing a few friends and, and Sunday night going around for dinner at a, 
with a friend that I've known since she was a little kid. She goes, oh, come around for dinner. I'll cook something. Oh, okay then. What do you want to cook? Oh, I don't know. What do you like? Little Asian girl. Oh, what about chicken con carne? She said. And I went, yeah, okay. Not chicken. Okay. Chili con carne. And I went. Chili con carne. Yeah, that's, yeah, because hmm. con carne means with chicken. Um, hmm. And I went, okay, that's suitably Asian. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, mm. I was expecting her to come out with this glorious Asian dish. She goes, no, no, chili con carne, and uh, people can bring their own desserts. How's that? I went, oh, yeah, fair enough. Okay. So, what I'll, so I'll probably be bringing something like quince and apple something. Quince and apple stew, quince and oh, apple tart, okay. quince and apple something, quince and apple with quince and apple, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be something to do with quince and or apples. Okay. That's what I've got a lot of at the moment. And crumble? Yeah, maybe a crumble. Yeah, maybe put a crumble And cream? On. Uh, oh, it's got to go with cream. Yeah, it's got to crumble. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's going to, if it's a crumble or a pie, it has to come with, it has to come with cream. Mm. It just, it's, yeah, it's just it's silly. <laughs> it's the rule of the yes, universe. <laughs> it is. It's the rule of the universe. You know, and the only, and the only time that the cream is not, is the cream can be substituted for, is if it's sour cream on potatoes, and in a pinch you can actually substitute plain yogurt. Okay, that's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and taste wise is good too. On on, hmm. but it, okay. I don't think yogurt would go well with. You know what I do like having as a dessert when they're in season, and and, and I did it this year because all my grapes have finished a few weeks ago. Um, hmm. Just get some grapes, put a handful of grapes in a bowl with some plain yogurt, stir it all together. Yum, nice and simple. Yum. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, it is good. Looks good, feels good, are good. Remember those old ads? Probably some of our listeners might. With hell, no, Tom. I don't remember that. Well, you didn't offer, you didn't watch enough late night TV when you were young. Possibly not. With uh, Hell Todd and Benny Baubles and Leon the Watch King and mm. all those things. Yeah, crazy. I reckon we're done on the big patch. I know I'm done. We are. We're yeah. done on the big patch. We'll have a break and come back and let's uh, talk about what to put in this month. I think that's a good idea. Okay. Well, it's back to me in the studio, I guess. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> Bye. You're on. Oh, yeah, go on, <laughs> oh. say it. You're on 94.1 FM, 3WBC, on The Good Earth with Mike O'Connell and Kat Smalley. Yeah, and Mike O'Connell. And Mike O'Connell. I said that. Yeah, I know, but I'm here, I'm here twice. Okay. And we're back pre-recorded live, or something like that, on The Good Earth with Mike O'Connell and... The virtual loop with Kath Smalley in a loop. In, in a, a loop. loop. In a loop. <laughs> exactly. Well, we are in a loop. It's like deja vu all over again. So this month in the garden, Kath, what can you tell us? Because we're going to we're going to go into a slightly alternative reality from instead of Peter Cundall's book, we're going to have Peter Cundall's website. No, it's Sustainable Gardening Australia, which um, oh okay, cool, good uh, resource for anyone looking for a bit of inspiration or information. So just uh, sgaonline.org.au. Yep, it is a good site, actually. It is a good site. And then you can um, surf your way to their monthly guides. And I don't know, I can never work out whether Melbourne's supposed to be cooled cold areas or temperate zones. I call, so I I, I call it cool temperate. <sighs> well, that's helpful when they've got cooled cold areas and temperate zones. Well the, nice thing about it, well, the nice thing about it is most places have got a couple of microclimates that can be either. Yeah. 
So, well, their definition of cool to cold areas is low temperatures for extended periods of time, i.e. all of Tasmania, most of Victoria, the southern highlands of New South Wales, the ACT, and a tiny southern bit of South Australia. Oh, what about the tablelands in Queensland? Not even going there because okay. people, oh, they might be listening, I suppose. Warm areas are frost-free or occasional light frost. So north of Coffs Harbour, lovely part of the world. Yep. And all the way across to the west to Geraldton. Well, there you go. Well, I would have said Melbourne's like that as well. Light frosts occasionally. We very rarely get heavy frosts. We really get, yeah, we don't get that many frosts anymore, do we? Well, especially close to the sea. If, when you're further inland, when you go, you know, the, you know, if you're only 10 to 20 k's from the coast, you don't get many frosts. The temperature's much milder. If you go mm. further than that, or if you get, you go over, say, if you get as far as, you know, the other side, just the other side of Mount Macedon, or even just this side, or mm. up, get, heading out towards, um, past Knox and everything, you do get, um, you can get quite cold weather over there because you're much further from the coast. Okay. Well, according to SGA, a temperate zone is the occasional winter frost, which is pretty much um, the rest of Australia that we haven't already spoken about. Yep. Most of the inland and some areas of Victoria, most of South Australia and the southern area of WA. So there you go. I'm still confused. Yep. Are we temperate or are we cool to cold? I would reckon that we can be either. Depend- and our- Depending on what I want to plant. Yeah. And if you're in the, sub- <laughs> if you're in the suburbs... If you're in the suburbs, I would say you're more temperate because we have the heat island effect. So yes. in the city, it's you know, anywhere between one to five degrees warmer than it is in surrounding areas. If so you're in the outer suburbs, then it's a bit colder. So you could potentially say that I'm probably more temperate because I'm more of a heat bank. Oh, yeah. And you would be more exposed on... A little bit more. Yeah, I yeah. am a little bit more, but, but I still get... I don't get really heavy frost very often. I get light, okay. fr- I get light frost, but I very rarely get a very heavy frost. Occasionally I do, so that can cause some problems. But if you're only doing it once or twice, look, you might lose one plant here and there, but there. When they're established, they're fine. Yeah. Like okay. you said, it's only when you've got fresh new growth that frost is usually a problem. Mm. So, um, according to SGA, we should be having a look at some herbs in the verbs. Yeah, what so, kind? Coriander. Oh, yeah, that sounds all right. Um, my trick with coriander is I buy a, a kilo um, bag from the Asian grocer and I put it in a nice, lovely jar because it's got a lot of decorative. This is and, coriander um, seed? Yeah, coriander yeah. seed. So coriander seed that um, was – I said to somebody, can you go and get me some coriander seed? So they came back with a kilo bag and I thought, what am I going to do with all that? Yeah. So I started doing successive plantings. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It, bolts to, it bolts really quickly. Yeah, it does. So, but if you do a continuous, so if you've got a kilo bag from the greengrocer, I mean, that breaks the bank, um, like a couple of dollars. Um, yeah. yeah, and I just sow it every couple of weeks. Well, that's a good cool idea. And it keeps me in coriander. So. Don't, don't mix it up, don't mix it up with celery, with parsley. No. And then, and then accidentally put it on oh, your eggs. Oh, you don't know which one's which because they both look the same, yes. Well, and you get, you get a smell on your hands, you go, I oh, know, it's because I brushed against it. And then you yep. sprinkle it all over your eggs and you take a mouthful and it's like the heating quality. It is the <laughs> scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs with coriander does not go well at all, at all. No, it doesn't appeal to me. No, it didn't appeal to me either. Yeah, it was like, no, no, what have I done? Yeah. All right. The other thing you can put in now in the herbs and the birds would be some mint, which I've just done this week, literally. What so, kind of mint? Just common mint. Just common mint. Yeah, the same mint that used to go around the cubby house when I was a kid. Yeah, spearmint. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> no, well, I'm just saying that's that's what, what common mint is, is actually is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I just call it common mint. I'm just a yeah. horticulturist. Well, what would I? If you if you if you actually see the um you know the spearmint leaves, mm. the lolly, you have a look at the yeah. shape. You look have a look at the shape of those and the shape of common mint. It's the same shape. Is it? Whereas other mint's different. 
So if you get, say, if you get what they, what they sell as um, chocolate mint, which is actually peppermint, it's a different shaped leaf, or if you get um, lemon mint, it's a different, slightly different shape, shaped leaf. Mm. The other yes. thing that's the other thing's really nice is Vietnamese mint. Yes, yeah. very much. Needs yeah. a lot of water, though. Can't let it dry out at all. Needs a lot of water. Oh, yeah, but Vietnamese mint mm. even more so. They're sort more? of a bog, okay. boggy almost. All right. Okay. All right. Um, and lemon balms, the other herb that you can be putting in. Oh, yeah. Cool. Have you ever grown lemon balm? I don't think I have. No. No, I haven't. I'll give that a shot. Yes. And what else? Well, all the things that we've been talking about, carrots. Um, I did say carrot seeds oh, this week. Oh, that's the other thing I did mention before. I've got all the carrots are up and running. And, and yes, the I've radish, got carrots are up yeah. and running. Radishes, yep. The radishes are ready to pick, so that's even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. very good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, spinach and rocket and broccoli and spring onions and asparagus and celery and endive and squash and onions, silverbeet, leeks and lettuce. You didn't think there was anything to plant this month, did you? No, I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping there wasn't anyway, because <laughs> I've got so much work to do already. <laughs> um, Chinese cabbage, lots of Asian greens. Um, yep. Rocket will be self-sowing in my garden very shortly, I hope. Um, broccoli, I've just smothered with lucerne, so we got off to a flying start with the broccoli and the brassicas in the um, small patch. I've got kale growing as well in the little herb garden, as, okay. as well as um, some... Um, Cos lettuce and some um, red lettuce. Which one is that? The red lettuce is... Um, the red lettuce. Mignot. Yeah, mignon or whatever it's called. Um, and I've also I've got, got a whole mignot. lot of... I've also got a whole lot of self-seeded uh, bok choy. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, there's your... Yeah, there's your Asian greens. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I'm interested to see that they say that um, you can still be putting carrots in this month because I would have thought that you would have said putting words in your mouth, but yeah. it's too late to be putting carrots in. Well, the idea with carrots is that you want them to actually um, get a good bit of growth before winter properly sets in because that's going to slow them right down. But mm-hmm. if you can get the good bit of growth out of them, not only if you're really lucky, you might be able to pick a few, but what will happen is is that once spring comes around, they'll try to take off and bolt the seed. And what you want is you want to get them, in, get them in set in place so that you can actually be picking them really early in spring before they get a chance to bolt and they're still a reasonable size. Okay. That's that's the plan. So if you're in a temperate area or if you've got an area like I have, which is a – I've got a little spot which is um, on the south-facing side of the backyard, which means mm-hmm. it gets all of the winter sun, um, mm-hmm. and it's protected by the uh, by the big water tank, which mon- which modifies the temperature around that little area. Okay. It's actually quite a good area for – I can actually grow later into the season in that little bed there, which is what I'm setting up for broad beans and a few other things, and climbing okay. peas. Snow peas is the other thing I'm putting into. Mm. Yeah, I've just put peas into the, the hard-to-do area. I was going to do peas, and I, but I thought whenever I plant peas, I pick a lot of them, but I don't pick a lot of them, if you know what I mean. There's a lot that don't get picked. Whereas snow okay. peas, you can just go out and just rip a whole heap off the off the thing, and, eat, and and if you're lucky, you actually make it inside without eating all of them. Yes. And, and, then, you can cook, <laughs> and then you can cook with them. And even if you don't make it inside, then they're, they're a nice snack to have out in the garden. Yes, and I quite like enjoy the having occasional nice strawberry. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I haven't got strawberries yeah. in. I was thinking about putting some strawberries in again. Yeah, I need yeah. to. Yeah, I need to put in about I don't know sixty or seventy plants, I think. And the other thing I'm thinking about doing this t- around about this time is I've thought about it for a long time. I've got a mate who turns out who's a, um, a viticulturalist. He actually grows his own uh, wine grapes of all things. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect that from this bloke. He's a rough and tumble sort of bloke, and. And the nobody's been growing his own grapevines. He's, he's on about um, an acre or something, and he actually grows um, a couple of different varieties. And uh, he said, look, just go up to a local vineyard and see if they, you can get some cuttings of them when they're actually pruning back their own, and they might give you some. 
I thought okay. that's a good idea because there's a few wineries out this side of town, up to, uh, mm. like northwest of Melbourne. Um, so the conditions will be similar. So they'll probably grow, and I might just contact them and say, "Can I have a couple of your cuttings, please? I just want to grow some in the backyard and make." May I have a cutting, please? Yes, yes, or mm. a few cuttings. So <laughs> that, that'll be that'll be a bit of fun if I can get if I can actually get that happening. That'd be interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Okay. Um, the other thing that you could be doing now is um, because we've had so much rain, it would be a really good time to mulch. Oh yeah. And Keep if you happen to have an excess of lucerne bales in yeah. your garden, you could. Um... <laughs> that would be even better, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be even better, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I, I must admit, I have I have got about thirty meters of uh, tree clippings, you know, like mm. tree pruning. Which you're about there. to get chipped for you? No, no, no. This is I've already got a pile of about 30, oh. 30 meters of of um, bark chips and everything, the tree prunings that were, that were dropped off at my place in two successive loads over the last several weeks, um, oh, okay. waiting for me to, to use as well. So um, I've used a couple of them, but uh, I'm waiting for my mate um, to come around with his little dingo and give me a hand. Mm, definitely, Cause, cause 30 metres, that's a lot of them. Well, I've already, I've already moved in 10, 10 wheelbarrow loads or 12 wheelbarrow loads, and I'm, I'm over it. That's <laughs> not even a metre. <laughs> I know, but, but I'm over it. Okay. I've, I've moved in over the, la- over the, over the years, I've moved in around about a hundred meters of mulch by hand into my backyard and about, um, and probably about another hundred meters by truck and or small dingo and, and willing volunteers. Wow. Uh, that's over the last 20 years, so. Okay. Um, and it just doesn't look like I've got mulch anywhere again. No, no, it wouldn't. Mm. Well, but yeah, that's the other thing we're doing. Do mulching. Yeah, Easter mulch. Easter yeah. mulch. Yeah, have there a working bee. Yeah, have a working bee. Yeah, that's an idea. <laughs> I'll invite everybody around, have a barbecue. Put on a, I'll put on a lamb roast, yeah, and everyone can come around. Right, yeah. five wheelbarrow loads. You get a ticket for a bit of lamb roast. Five wheelbarrow loads. Yeah, yeah each. It's a cup of tea or a beer. No, <laughs> five wheelbarrow loads, and you have twenty people. Okay. okay. That's 100 yeah. wheelbarrow loads, and everyone sits around and has a beer and has a good time afterwards. Yeah, Sounds like okay. a plan to me. Not yeah. a bad plan. Okay. I think, I think that this month in the garden, I think that's a very good idea for this month in the garden. Okay. I, I reckon, is there anything else we need to do? I mean, that's, that's a lot we've got to do already. I think that's just too much. I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd just be getting, if I had to do any more, I'd be getting overwhelmed. And Yeah. Oh, the one no, other thing you can do is um, if you've got trees, particularly fruit trees that are, Getting out of control, and you want to actually hold back their growth a little bit. Now is a good time to prune before they drop their leaves, um, and so take off a lot of the take off a, a bit of the growth that they put on this year. And what that does is it sets them back slightly because you actually take their food reserves away from them, and they haven't okay. had a chance to suck all the all the extra nutrients back out of the leaves before they drop them. Which is what the trees are doing when the leaves dry up; they actually pull all the nutrients back out of the leaves. So mm-hmm. if you can do that and chop off the, some of the summer growth that they've put on this year, that will actually help set them back slightly, uh, which means that they won't be quite as vigorous next next season. So that's a good way to sort of help control the growth, of particularly fruit trees. Well, I just locked the top off my plum tree, so um, to get some light into our backyard that's no longer yep. northwest facing. So um, yeah, and the only thing, and the, yeah, we'll and the only thing that happens if you do it when the tree hasn't been pruned for a while. You should get a lot of twiggy, you know, water shoots, you know, just sort of mm. shooting up towards yes. the sunlight. But then, mm. then you just got to keep them under control for about you know, two, se- two or three seasons, then you, then you're fine again. The tree will be yeah. in the right shape. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, I think we've um, we're done with this month in the garden by the sound of it. I think we are too. If there's anything more, I'd be getting overwhelmed, and it won't happen. And I'll go back to making a list. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm overwhelmed already. <laughs> of all the things that I need yeah. to do. Oh. I'm already overwhelmed by the lucerne that I've got to spread. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon what you should do: get out there with get out there with the family, and just grab big handfuls and just throw it in the air and spin round, and then afterwards sweep it off the path. But then it will smother everything. That's all right. Well, I don't want to smother the ground covers. Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll be fine. Trust me. What do I so know? So I'll just break it off in big chunks and just throw it. Throw it, it up okay. in the air and just let it land where it will. Okay. Yeah. All right. Onto the lawn and... Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Onto the huge patch of lawn that we have in our... In yeah. Patch. What, the, the, the one and a quarter square metres. Yeah. Yeah, the one that can be done with the um, garden shears or the um, battery-operated whippersnapper. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no lawnmower required. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you should get yourself a you should get yourself a hamster. That'll do it. Yep, that would do it. Yeah. Right. One rabbit get a feed, one feed off that. That'd be yeah, it. I think we'd be starving the rabbit, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough from us. All right. All right okay. We should go. That it's is. back to me in the studio, and um, and we'll be live again in a couple of weeks' time. It'll be May. It will be May. Come what May. Yep. Come what May. All right, okay. we're rambling now. It's time to go May. back to the studio, okay. I think. It's, time, right. to, it's okay. time for you to finish packing and going away. All right. See you in May. Yep, see you later. Bye. <laughs>